Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender for today. And I'm Trish, your crime tender for today. And today we are going to be bringing you the story of Rhonda Bell Martin of Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. She is quite the serial killer from what I understand, killing several husbands and her children. So you're definitely going to want to grab your cocktail and buckle up. Buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot. Beep beep. Welcome back to another round of bartending with Sloan. Today, we are going to kick off our first, I mean, technically, I guess it would be our second series because we were just on a shot roll, but that was accidental. accidental. This is our first on-purpose series as far as cocktails and whatnot goes. So, we are going to be bringing you some of our favorite (coughs) moonshines. Pardon us while Trish dies in the background. (laughs) Sorry, just choking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you get your life together. So, the first spot that I want to take y'all to is Murder Creek Distillery. And our plan with this whole series is that, like, every other week we're going to highlight moonshines that we love. Um, we don't want to take up the whole summer. We have been recording shots all day today, and we took up to, like, 15 shots. <laughs> before we started recording but that would literally take up our whole summer so instead of bringing you shots every episode from here on out for the rest of the summer we're going to just do it like every other week so that is something for you to look forward to and if you have any moonshine recommendations for us to try we would love to test out any and all moonshines for you all in the name of science amen amen (laughs) all right so Murder Creek Distillery is a moonshine started from the banks of Murder Creek in the sand of Navarre Beach. Um, We personally go to the one in Owa Theme Park. It is across the bay from us. It's about an hour away and they have a specific shop there. You can go in and for $1 you can sample the moonshines that they have available to purchase. And so we did like 10 It was a lot more than that. But you usually only get like 10 shots for a dollar. So we highly recommend that. I ended up walking away that day with two different moonshines. But the one today that I want to talk about is their blueberry moonshine. And it actually had blueberries in it, which was a nice little surprise. But for the sake of today's episode, I made like a little blueberry lemon drop shot sort of situation and I used a half ounce of the blueberry moonshine from Murder Creek moonshine and then I did like equal parts of lemonade and we don't really have lemonade on hand so what I did instead was equal parts of lemon juice and simple syrup and so all together what my recipe was instead of 0.5 of the moonshine and 0.5 lemonade Mine was 0.5 of the moonshine, 0.25 of the lemon juice, and 0.25 of the simple syrup. So those are two different options. But to be honest, 
this moonshine is delicious on its own. You don't have to mix it with anything if you don't want to, especially if you keep it chilled. But it's really good mixed. It's good mixed with some of their other moonshines. We might highlight that in the future. It would be good with, like we said today, lemonade, you know, different flavored lemonades, a Sprite, a lot of different options for this one. So if you're looking for something that's very versatile and summery sweet, I highly recommend this Blueberry Moonshine from Murder Creek Distillery. Murder Creek Moonshines, whatever the fucking name is. But without further ado, we'll kick you off to the episode. Okay, so as we said in the the opening, our case today is Rhonda Bell Martin, who I'm pretty sure, I don't think any of the podcasts we listen to have covered, but I can remember. Uh, I mean, I think the name sounds familiar, but it's also kind of a... Did you see it during research or what? No, no. I was going to say, like, I feel like that name is sort of a familiar name. Like, if not all put together, you hear a lot of different Rondas. You hear a lot of different, like, the different parts of her name being put together is probably why I think it sounds familiar. Maybe. I don't know. But this is one that, like, I've seen, but, like, I don't remember hearing about. But... We're going to get into it, and she's a, she's a fairly interesting lady. All right. So definitely get you a cocktail, because I'm sure there's <laughs> some things that are going to be brought up. You're going to be like, you're either going to be like, I mean, same, or you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I took plenty of shots of moonshine to yeah, get prepared. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we did quite a few moonshines. That's why I'm currently drinking a uh, coconut water by uh by <laughs> yeah sounds like i'll just keep this train rolling i got me a drink yes <laughs> i had it i had to we're trying to record ahead so we can get a mental health beach day yes so i was trying to get ahead on my alcohol and it is catching up <laughs> oh gosh all right so getting into rhonda Rhonda Bell was a 49-year-old waitress from Montgomery, Alabama, which for us, Montgomery is two hours away or four. I think it's four. I was like, it's either Birmingham, then Montgomery, or Montgomery, then Birmingham. They're kind of both equal. It's like a triangle from here. So One is two and one is four if you're going straight up uh, 65. Yeah. And I can never remember which one's first. We went up 65 to go to Gatlinburg, so we hit Birmingham. We didn't hit Montgomery. Okay, so yeah, but there's also Birmingham in- then Montgomery. I just when I go like to Ohio and that, yeah. I hit both. So that's oh, okay. why I'm like, which one do I hit first? So yeah, Montgomery is about four hours away for us, and Birmingham is two. So it's not it's not terribly far, but it's still quite a bit away. Yeah. Um, Rhonda was born Rhonda Bell Tomley in 1907 to James Robert Tomley and Mary Frances Grimes. Sorry. Sloan's <laughs> <laughs> just looking at uh, no, Instagram. It's Instagram's bad. glitching on me. <laughs> 
In March of 1956, she confessed to poisoning her mother, two husbands, and three of her children. <laughs> Quite the record. Yes. She claims she didn't kill two of her other children, though. So, you they know. just mysteriously passed away? Um, from what I remember, I did the these notes a, while, a little bit ago, so that's what I'm trying to remember. From what I remember, they died of, like, natural causes, where her other ones, it was just, like, a sudden illness, and then they died. So, her husbands were W.R. Adelman who she married in 1922, and then, like, by 1926, he was gone. George W. Garrett, who she married in 1928, and by 1939, he was gone. <laughs> Next one was Talmadge John Gibson, who she married in 1939, and then he was gone by 1939, so that one, uh, very short marriage. Next was Claude Carroll Martin, who she married in 1950, and by 1951 he was gone. And then lastly, you have Ronald Martin. Yes, another Martin. Just wait for that one. That one's a whole grab a drink because you'll need it. Can't wait. <laughs> and that, he was married in 1951, and by 1957 he died. Um... So, her first marriage was at the age of 15, and that one ended in divorce. Lucky you, Mr. W.R. Adelman. Her second husband, though, was not so lucky. In an 11-page written confession, she admitted to feeding rat poison to him in his whiskey. So, George Garrett from 1928 to 1939, within that time span, was fed rat poison in his whiskey. Why'd you have to put it in the alcohol, man? I was about to say, whiskey is generally, in my opinion, nasty on its own. <laughs> and now you're poisoning it. Right. I mean, there are some whiskeys that I love. Woodford Reserve, phenomenal. Freaking phenomenal. We have one. It's a barrel pick. We're currently out at my store unless my um, owners brought in some of the extras from the other store that we are selling it at. And it's an old Forester barrel pick. Mm -hmm. I cannot bring myself to buy one because it's 115 before tax Ooh. and before my discount. But... It, like, if I were a whiskey drinker, I would get it because for not being really a whiskey drinker anymore, she's nice. Right. She makes it all warm inside because mm -hmm. it's barrel proof. So it's like 60% or something like that. Mm -hmm. She, ooh, <laughs> she's spicy, but good. Yes. But. Yeah, whiskey, definitely, I feel like it takes a special person to be a whiskey drinker, especially straight. Like, I used to be a, like, Jack and Coke type of person, but now, 
brown just don't really mix with me anymore. Whiskey makes me angry, so I yes. stay away from it. <laughs> I just, as a general rule, I stay away from it. My college roommate can attest, whiskey makes me very angry. I used to watch, like, I'm a sports person. If you don't know this, if we haven't brought this up, <laughs> I am a sports person. And I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And when Pittsburgh was playing the Arizona Air, yeah, Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl, I was in college. I had my little like bottle of Jack, and I was doing like Jack and Pepsi's, I believe. But I also just was doing like shots too. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh started losing. I was like, oh my God. And I grabbed like the bottle and I just started doing shots. And she's like, we're going to take this one. I threatened her life. <laughs> Me over margaritas, though. So I, I, I quickly realized after that game, I cannot do whiskey and like watch sports. It's just not a good thing. Right. Uh. Being self aware is very important. Just, it's not a good thing. Like, <laughs> uh, let's get back to our story. Uh, so, her, like we said, her second husband wasn't so lucky. She didn't divorce him. She killed him by feeding him rat poison and his whiskey. His death at the time was said to be from pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I can see this... We're talking, like, the early 1900s, like, 19... uh, He died, yeah, like, 1939 was when he died. So, 1930s, I can understand why you wouldn't have a clear, like, cause of death. You're going off of what you've seen. You don't have the equipment that we have now that you can, like, pinpoint and be like... No, on this day they ingested this and they died from this and then that caused this and this. And it's like, yeah, they they had an upset stomach. So uh, they died of stomach pain. Right. (laughs) During their 12-year marriage, they had five kids. Her children were Mary Adelaide Garrett. Uh, Ellen, I'm going to say it's Ellen, it's spelled E-L-L-Y-N, so to me it looks like Ellen. Mm-hmm. Ellen Elizabeth Garrett, and Imogen Garrett, and Anne Caroline Garrett, and then finally a Judith Garrett. And then give you a little trigger warning if you do not like the death of children because, as we mentioned, she is known for killing some of her children. And it's not like they were in old age. They were younger. The youngest is age three that she killed. So, mm. heads up. <clears throat> some people just should not be parents. Yes. And I wish that more people were self-aware of that. Uh, but yet you have all these people that are like, no, let's let everybody have children. They can just give them up. It's fine. No, 
No, because guess what? The people that will give them up are probably the people that could handle it, but they just don't want to. And they know that they shouldn't. And then you have people who are like, well, I can get a lot of money off of this. And then the Baby children mama. suffer. <laughs> Baby mama. <laughs> Featuring Amy Poehler. Uh, Alright. So, Imogen, who she is our three-year-old. So we're getting off we're getting off the bat here quick. Uh Imogen, who died the same year as George and Rhonda's mother, Mary. Her death was listed as no cause. And Mary's death was listed the same. Three years later, she gave her six-year-old daughter Anne Carolyn. Who Anne was, she was six when, like, she uh, she ended up passing away. So, she's not much older than Imogen. Um, she gave her milk laced with rat poisoning. The same concoction that she gave to Imogen. So, if you aren't noticing a pattern, she is very fond of poison. Especially ones that don't immediately kill and just take time to make your body deteriorate. In 1943, Ellen, who was 11, also drank poisoned milk and died. Her death was attributed to stomach ailment, which, if you, that was, this was, where is Ellen hiding? 1943, I feel like that is a very common um, listing for people at that time. Because again, we didn't know a whole lot about the human body. We didn't have a lot of ways to test stuff either. Like it wasn't thought of or wasn't like in practice. So you're just like, oh, they complained of some stomach pains? Stomach ailment. So, after Ellen died, Rhonda married Talmadge, and their marriage lasted five months. He managed to keep his life, though. Lucky man. Next, she married Claude Martin, a, wid a widower, if I can speak, a widower, <laughs> with three daughters and a son. They married and lived happily until 1951, when he finally died. He had been sick for about a month, and Rhonda had been giving him a daily dose of arsenic in his coffee. Do not fuck with my coffee. <laughs> I was just about to say. If you want to fuck with my coffee, that's a good way for you to end up dead. <laughs> because guess what? <laughs> that is my life source. That is her one major vice. My roommate knows that you do not talk to me before I get coffee in my system. If you do, you're likely to get snapped at. Okay? <laughs> uh, there was this one time that I had an emergency where <laughs> my dog bit me in my face. And I don't want any comments on this. I kept my dog, like, I still it have him. It was a him. very rare, like, 
if you would have asked me which one it was, I would not have said the one that did it. Right. So I have two different dogs, Fitz and Kodak. If you've been here for a while, you might know that. But Fitz is my 100-pound Pomeranian golden retriever. He's like very, like dumb <laughs> he's cute but dumb no he's like, very smart <laughs> he's very very smart but he's very like he loves people and he loves cuddles and he's like he, he he's smart in that like he knows his commands and he knows how to get what he wants but he's always he's well, he also a dirt look yeah he looks like what's going on yeah this is great but don't let it fool you, because he's really smart. And then I also have Kodak, who he's the is... the nervous one. He's a rescue. He's from, like, an abusive home. A like, few abusive like homes. And he... So, he has reasons for his mistrust. Yes. So, out of the two of them, if one of them was going to attack me, everybody thought it was going to be Kodak. And I don't know what happened on this particular morning... I took them on our walk like we do every single day up until this point. And ever since this happened, like there have been some other issues. So I haven't been walking them every day. But up until this point, like we literally went on a walk every single morning as soon as we got up. And I brought them home. I got dressed for work. And I leaned down, gave them kisses goodbye. And I leaned down to Fitz again, said goodbye to him. And he snarled at me. And I like got back and I was like, why are you snarling at me? And I did not get far enough back, in my opinion. So I do take equal blame for this. I got back several inches, but like the way he was looking at me, I definitely should have gotten out of his zone completely. And so then he just, he went for me. He got me like right in my mouth, my nose. He fucked up my two front teeth. That's part of the reason that I knocked out my teeth a couple of months ago because like, I had crowns put on a year ago, and whenever I passed out a couple of months ago, I knocked out one of the crowns. So it's definitely been like this whole issue. But all of this, we're getting back to the original story. The day that it happened, I was supposed to be opening bar at Outback. I was supposed at to be our, closing. Yeah, where we worked together at that point. And um, I call my manager, and I'm like, I can't come in because my dog bit me, and I'm missing my two front teeth. Like, I could not fill them. I thought that they were gone, gone. And he's like, all right, you know, just call Trish and tell her to come and work See for you. She can come in early and open. And I'm already freaking out enough because I'm going through a traumatic ass event. And my first thought that trumps as soon as he tells me that is not me figuring out what to do about my dog or the bite or going to the emergency room or anything like that. My first it's thought. calling me before I have my coffee. <laughs> telling her that she needs to be at work as soon as possible because like I'm supposed to be clocking in in two minutes. Uh, granted, this is like... Oh. We clock in there if you're opening at 10 a.m. 10.15. Basically, but yeah. 10.15. So this is like 10.10. I'm calling her being like, hey, uh, Fitz has bit me and I don't have my two front teeth. She calls me and all I remember is, hey, Fitz bit me. If you can go in and open, that'd be great. Um, if not, they'll have to figure something out. And I'm just like, I need coffee, but okay. 
my coffee brews. I'm like kind of I'm putting my contacts in. I'm kind of getting ready. I'm like pulling I'm into telling, the emergency room. <laughs> I'm telling Logan like what's happened. She's my roommate and like our friend. And she goes, wait, Fitbit slow. And I was like, and it hit me and I was like, wait, Fitbit slow. <laughs> so I text her. I was like, did you say that Fitbit you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like spiral. I ended up not having to go in early. They just pulled the guy that was in to go to do bar because he was cross trained to do both. So they, like... of course, it was like a shit day for him to do it because it ended up being a little busy. Our like boss's boss had come in, and I text like our boss, and I'm like, so do you need me to come in? He's like, no, we got Jordan to do it, but you probably want to come in a little early because this was sprung on him, and I don't know if he's gotten everything done that he needs to. <laughs> so she, like, like, shows up early, and she has the pictures, because I'm, like, sending them Snapchats at this point, because I've been to the emergency. First, I went to the dentist office, and they're like, honey, you're bleeding so much, you need to go get stitches before we'll even touch you. And I'm like, oh. So I go to the emergency room. I send them pictures afterwards and she's showing the pictures and our boss is like, she looks like she just went five rounds with a 300 pound man <laughs> punching you. her in the face. And that's what a dog bite will do. I mean, he's, he's a big ass he's also, dog. You know, we call him the bear for a reason. Yes. It was a bear attack. I always said, if I want to go, it might as well be from a bear attack. <laughs> We also said, we're like, you know, it's unfortunate that Fitz was the one too because Kodak's the one with the fucked up teeth. And if he was going to attack, it would have probably been a lesser, like, incident. Yeah, because his teeth are, like, gnawed down because his anxiety, like, he chews on everything and his teeth chews are chews on the bones and stuff. Yes. So they're very, like, dull compared but Fitz, to Fitz. But Fitz has a full ass jaw. Um, but we got him fixed. We got him neutered immediately afterwards. I yeah. mean, he's a young, he's a younger dog. So we kind of, we were putting it off. All but... this to say she got attacked by her dog and yet she was still more afraid to call and wake me up before I had coffee. If that references anything about my coffee addiction. Yes. That was the point <laughs> of that whole spiel and you are welcome. <laughs> Do not... Do not talk to me before I've had coffee. It will probably not end well. Nope. <laughs> nope. We were road tripping to the beach for my birthday and I texted her and I was like, do I need to make coffee and have it ready for all of us? <laughs> or are you going to have coffee ready? I usually have coffee, but I will never turn down the backup coffee, okay? <laughs> uh, all right. So now getting back to the poisoned coffee. Again, don't fuck with my coffee. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that rant did not sway you enough. Um, yeah. So she put arsenic in his coffee. And if you don't know, arsenic is not a very pleasant way to go. Symptoms of a large dose include uh, like gastric pain, dizziness, vomiting blood, and other things such as palsy, Numbness and paralysis. If you touch my coffee and that's what happens to me, in whatever strength I have, I will murder you. <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it lightly. <laughs> Smaller doses cause the victim to feel like they have never 
a never-ending case of a very bad flu. I'm a strong-ass bitch, okay? I've had to work through the flu so many times. I've literally been at, like, my serving job, dying on the wall, and, like, our proprietor from, like, two proprietors ago looked at me and was like, you okay? And I was like, I mean, not really, because I'm, like, crouched down, like, wanting to, like, end life. And he's like, all right, I just sat you. Go get him. And I was just like, (laughs) Welcome to the service industry. So when you ask, are we okay? No, we're not okay. (laughs) Your server is not okay. If we're not dying from some illness, just mentally, we're not okay. Uh, so over time, the victim's resistance weakens because they are not getting nutrients and their digestive system is just like burned away, which there's going to be some people that hear that they're like, oh, so they're just, they're losing weight. No, like you literally cannot like eat, drink, like anything. Like your body is literally like slowly wasting away and shutting down. Until it just cannot function and you just pass out and die or you just, like, keel over. Like, it's not a pleasant way at all. Over time, like I said, yeah, the victim's, like, digestive system is burned away. Okay. Her fifth husband, Ronald Martin, who was formerly her stepson. Remember how they were two Martins? Yes. One she ended up marrying, and he happened to be her stepson. (laughs) Ma'am. He was poisoned but survived. Sadly, he was left paraplegic, though. I mean, at that point, I think I would have rather died. I'm, I'm the person that I really don't... Like, if I'm sick and you just take care of me for a little bit, that's fine. But I do not want you to have to take care of me for, like, an extended period of time. I would rather you just kill me. I have told all my friends that if it gets to the point when I'm older that I need to be put in a nursing home and, like, be monitored 24-7, you have every right to kill me. I do not care. I do not want to be a burden on somebody. So, a side note, she married him eight months after the death of his father, which was a violation of Alabama law. So, yes, there is a law for those of you that want to make the joke, oh, Alabama, marry your cousin. <laughs> Guess what? There's it's a law. Here. There is a law. A, a marriage such as that, especially eight months after, like, the death of, like, the father... It considers a marriage like the one that she did incest. Now, I guess it can only really be committed a crime if you, like, submit it. So, I guess they really didn't care. (laughs) But, technically, her marriage was illegal. But, by the time anything, like anybody had anything to say about it, it was past, like, the time that you could have reported it. So, they had lived happily until 1955, when he was discharged from the U.S. Navy. 
In early 1956, he became ill with a stomach ailment and complained of pains in his extremities. So yet again, he was poisoned. Her MO of choice. Doctors at the Veterans Hospital in Biloxi tested everything they could think of, including his hair, which contained, oh, sorry, which contained enormous amounts of arsenic. So, your hair, we don't think about, your hair shows so much. And I saw a TikTok the other day that just made me, like, go the little, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, the sweating emoji, like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were, like, some hairdresser was, like, yeah, I can tell when, like, my clients have gone through periods of stress because your hair shows us. <laughs> you can see, like, the bands of the stress. And I'm just, like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> my hairdressers that I've, like, gone to over and over have never said anything. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, but his hair gave away that he had been given arsenic, which is just crazy to me. So his illness is what led authorities to look into the strange deaths that surrounded Rhonda. The fact that her last husband is the reason they started being like, wait a minute. These other husbands and your children suddenly just died out of nowhere. But, again, this is the early 1900s, so sure, I understand, but also, I'm just like, I don't understand how people's minds worked back then. So, according to an article posted in Life magazine, she loved getting the get well cards and later the sympathy cards when her victims died. She also took special care to have them all buried side by side in a private lot. So she loved like basically the attention and then it's almost like she wanted them all buried next to each other. So if she went to visit, she could almost see like her trophies. It's so like, it's so sick. She committed, uh, yeah, she committed her killing spree from... 1937 to 1951. Again, she confessed in 56 and is believed that the reason for her committing the murders was to collect life insurance, but the only problem with this was the payouts she received only paid for burial expenses. So she wasn't making any money off of it, but it was still like lucrative enough that wasn't causing her to be in debt. She also never admitted that this was her reasons for the killings. So to this day, we still have no reason as to why she killed like her mother, her husbands, and her children. We just know that she did. Rhonda was convicted of murdering her fourth husband, 51-year-old Claude Carroll Martin, by putting rat poison in his food in 1951. Um, I read an article that she spent her time in prison reading romance novels, which 
I mean, if Same. I, I was going to say, if I was going to probably end up in jail, <laughs> if I'm not researching, like, other murders, I'm reading a romance novel. The smuttier, the better. Amen. <laughs> uh, Rhonda wanted her sentence commuted to life. She made herself a nice black and white dress for the hearing. And despite her efforts, she was walked towards the death chamber wearing her dress that she had made for this trial and her wedding ring. In an interview eight days before she was executed, she was asked if she was prepared to die. And she said, well, you've never seen anybody who was ready to sit down in the electric chair. But if that's what it's got to be, that's what it will be. You have never met a millennial. <laughs> We're all like, just end it, please. please. <laughs> I did not ask for this. I don't want to be here anymore. My parents decided to bring me into this world. It I was didn't want this. <laughs> I didn't want this. Uh, we say that, but we're we're we are happy with being here. But also at we're the same time, a, we're like, oh, God, we're, just end it. I could be happier out of this world. <laughs> we're having a good time while we're here, but those bills, man, those bills, and these men trying to tell me that I can't have an abortion if I get raped or whatnot. <sighs> Or, you know, it's going to kill me in my, like, itself. My body has already decided we ain't having children. <laughs> the government doesn't have a say in it. <laughs> but if by miracle you did, and it I know, ended up being, I know. like, one that you couldn't carry, they're saying you can't even do I'm that. A, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's something that stresses me out all the time. We talked. We've already, I know. We've already talked about it's, it on here. Just, uh. I just, I have a better time of things whenever I make jokes out of it. <laughs> Self-deprecating yes. humor. Like, that's how I deal with things. So, that's like, fun. yes, it affects me, but I do a lot better whenever I deflect it. <laughs> whenever I deflect my feelings. Right. So, her last meal was a hamburger, mashed potatoes, Cinnamon rolls and coffee. Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I was like, Sloan's going to be like, cinnamon rolls. I'm going to be like, coffee. I was like, I'm going to be like, the coffee and the mashed potatoes. I mean, I'm here for the mashed potatoes too, but like, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> With yeah. cream cheese frosting. Don't give me no powdered sugar bullshit if it's my last meal. It'll do. It's great. Don't get say, me wrong. I do the powdered sugar just because that's the easiest. And I love it. I love it. I'm just saying as my last meal that icing better have some cream cheese in it. So shortly after midnight she was strapped to the chair and asked if she had any last words. She shook her head no and they flipped the switch but nothing happened. And when the staff investigated the situation, they realized the leads had become disconnected. I feel like that is traumatizing in itself. And you would hope maybe they'd be like, okay, let's give you a day or two. But no, no. They reconnected and the execution was carried out. So, like I said, yes, she did murder her children and husbands and that, but, like, I don't know. I feel like what happened to her 
is a very traumatizing thing. That if maybe it was a more brutal, like, crimes, she would, I would be like, I mean, it's fitting. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, this poor woman. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I was like, you're telling me that you didn't realize that the shit came disconnected before you flipped a switch? That's like the people that don't die from the lethal injection. They're like, oh shit, um, let me make sure this was lined up correctly and this right stuff was administered. Okay, oh, here's our problem. Let's do this all over again. You're like, what? What? Rondo was executed on October 11th, 1957 by electric chair in Kilby Prison in Montgomery, Alabama and was buried at Montgomery Memorial Cemetery. She was the last woman executed in Alabama until 2002 when Linda Lo Loin, I think is how it's said. Block was executed for the murder of a police officer. I don't know anything else about that one, so I might have to look that one up and see uh, if she deserved to be executed. Rondo was only convicted of one murder, admitted to committing every murder she was suspected of. So, she was only ever committed for, like, the death of the first Martin husband. What's his name? I think it was, yeah, Claude Carroll Martin. But remember, she killed at least one other husband and, like, two, two or three of her children. <laughs> like, and her mother. But only the one was what she is technically committed for. So that is kind of my story. And like I said, it was just one that, like, as I was going on, I was just like, oh, how, how times have changed. The yeah. fact that you could easily get away with just poisoning someone and them just being, like, explaining it away, where now it's like, you poison someone. They're Forensics are coming for your ass. Yes, they're literally testing every fiber of this person's body, and they're like, oh, this is abnormal. Yeah, on this day, at this time, you gave them this. What? No, I didn't. Yeah, and then the police were able to track it down to you buying this at this time, so then between this time and this time, you gave them this, and you're like, what the hell? So I think it's a very interesting one. I like doing these kind of older ones because it's just fun to see, you know, how things have changed. Because mm -hmm. like I said, she killed how many people before she was finally caught. She literally was caught because she started poisoning her last husband and he didn't actually die from it. So then they were like, wait a minute, this looks awfully familiar to these other things. So... That is our story of Rhonda Bell Martin. I figured along with it being an older case and that also we, we've been doing a lot of male serial killers and that's just, I love seeing these women one because it's like, they just get away with it for so much longer. And I think it just proves that women are better at this than men. 
<laughs> as scary as that is, it just proves that whether is like it's something we're born with or we're just smart, I don't know. <laughs> we just somehow can get away with these things maybe, a lot longer. Maybe because we're underestimated. Maybe. People look at us as like a damsel in distress. Little do you know, we're fucking killing you. <laughs> right. Right. But with that being said, we'll kick you off to the last call. And I'm excited to see what Sloane's been uh, finding. Because she's been looking this up like since lunch. So <laughs> let's see. Uh, we'll see you there. All right. We're back for another last call with your bartender, Sloan. Today, I'm just bringing you like a few funny news stories. So the first one is about a kickball player that is banned from Tinder. Oh. Because she was using the app to recruit teammates. <laughs> I say smart bitch. I personally. Mean, come on. Personally. So Rhode Island kickball player Gianna Pescia was banned for life from Tinder when the service discovered she used the dating app to recruit teammates. I'm just curious. So she's banned for life for that, for using it to recruit. But then we have the Tinder swindler. We have rapists on there, like right? all sorts of things. But we're going to ban some woman for recruiting special talent. All right. Okay. She said, one day I went to log in and it said, you're banned for life. For life? It seems a little severe. So that put a huge deterrent in my recruiting. <laughs> She's not even concerned about her dating. And to that, I say, you go, girl. Um, my second story is about a lost puppy that was rescued by a Massachusetts family, but this puppy turned out to be a coyote pup. Damn white women. <laughs> yes. Animal research, res, animal rescuers in Massachusetts said a family who rescued a lost puppy found on a busy road were shocked to learn the anim animal was actually a baby coyote. The Cape Wildlife Center in Cape Cod said that a family spotted the small canine wandering alone at the side of a busy road, and the family took the animal home when they mistakenly identified him as a lost puppy. So the family members soon started to suspect the puppy was actually a wild animal and contacted the Cape Wildlife Center, which confirmed the canine was an eastern coyote pup. I gotta be honest, that would probably be me. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be me. And then on the note of coyotes, I'm going to end this here. But a Florida woman records coyote being chased off by an otter. Okay. A Florida woman captured video when she was out for a morning walk and came across an unusual sight. An otter chasing a coyote. Tina Hill said she was walking her cat. Trisha. In Fern Park about 9 a.m. when she came across some local wildlife. Heel's video, which she posted to Facebook, showed a displeased otter chasing a coyote that had apparently come too close to the smaller animal. Heel said the otter successfully drove the coyote away, and she said the canine did not seem nervous about her presence nearby either. <laughs> so, those are my few little fun stories for us here. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope it lightened the mood a little bit. It's always hard hearing cases about little children. Um, but yeah. So hope you enjoyed this. If you did, let us know 
We love to hear from you on our social medias. We love to see the ratings on Spotify, Apple, leave a review. It really helps us out, lets people know that you're enjoying what you're listening to, lets us know what we can do, how you're feeling about us, gives us a little feedback. So wherever you're listening, please go leave a rating, a review if you can. But also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We have our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all that good stuff. It's Tequila She Wrote across the board. We also have our email address where you can send us funny news stories that you see or other last call things that you think would be interesting to hear at the end of these episodes. Any cocktail recipe suggestions, liquor, wine, beer recommendations, if you have any cases you want us to do send those over to tequila she wrote at gmail.com we also have our patreon set up and for as little as two dollars a month you can get bonus episodes you get add free episodes and then if you just sign up for any of the other tiers depending on which one you sign up for you might even get even more content you also get merchandise so Lots of good stuff to check out if yes. you're interested. We and are trying to keep it as up-to-date as possible. It's just with our schedules and that, it, we, we do get behind just like we do on socials. But we are working our tails off to get them caught up. We're trying to get back into the groove of things. Yes. And we're getting there. Thank you for being patient with us. But until next time, thanks for riding on the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot. Beep beep. beep.